Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. All right. Psalm we're going to say, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I have given you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. My God. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will keep you, love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get inside. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a, a beautiful crown. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep a hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. If I had to title this message, the title would be, There's One Message, Keep Hold and Do Not Let Go. Right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Tell you, Father, I just come before you and say, Father, in Jesus' name, say, Father, I just want to thank you for this time. I just want to thank you for the for the time of worship, Father God, and you just really stressing that, Father, that you're drawing us back to the heart of worship. You're drawing us back to the cross of Christ because, Father, that is where true worship was established, was at the cross of Christ. That is where you revealed yourself. That's where you revealed your character at Calvary's cross, Father. And I'm asking you to stir, Father, a thirst and a hunger in our hearts, the hunger and thirst after righteousness. To want nothing more but what you've done and to learn more of what you've done at Calvary. Because when we learn of the cross, we experience Christ in what and who he truly is. Father, I'm asking you, anoint our ears to hear, our eyes to see. But above all, give us a heart that is ready and willing to receive. Holy Spirit, just break the bread of life. And let us just hear your word in the righteous context of Calvary. Anoint my mouth to speak nothing but your word in the righteous context of the cross. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So many of you know the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon. And it is called the book of wisdom for a reason. Solomon was the wisest man to ever live on this world. But we know where his wisdom got him in the end. He wound up, he started out strong for the Lord. But then he became too prideful, I believe, in his wisdom and relied too much on his own wisdom than God, the source of his wisdom. And we saw where that got him was a life of misery, defeat. It's just all, excuse the terminology, but an all-out hell on this earth. But in this chapter, Solomon is really, Solomon's reflecting. So in the first four verses... Solomon is reflecting on the time when he was a child, when David 
was teaching him the Pentateuch, you know, Genesis through Deuteronomy. They also have probably the book of Judges, the Joshua, Ruth. And David was teaching Solomon as a child this whole time, just as his father Jesse did. And he was telling Solomon, the source of all wisdom comes from God. True wisdom comes from the Father. And he was, te- he was telling this because he wanted him to know, whenever you go throughout life, you can fall back on that wisdom. You can let God's wisdom guide you in your life. Because when you truly rely on the Lord and what he done at Calvary, he's going to guide you. He's going to show you the right way to go. Mm. And we see that in the first part of Solomon's reign. He was a righteous king. He was relying on God, relying on him, and God was showing him and guiding him, and that is wisdom. And God is telling us the same thing today. We have to know where wisdom comes from, and that is from Calvary. That is from the cross. And in the Old Testament, the law was personification of wisdom, and the law foreshadowed Christ. It was, and Christ was the fulfillment of it. And Jesus would even say, the law speaks of me. It speaks of me. And when we truly understand that, and when we get a hold of a wisdom, we'll get understanding, we'll get knowledge. That will come from learning and truly embracing the wisdom of the Father. Because you'd see in verse 5, it says, get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. God is calling us to Calvary. He's telling us to stay there, to remain there. Come on to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Learn of me. Learn of me. He's telling us to stay at the cross. Because listen, here at the college, we know the message of the cross. We know it's the only way to experience God and to live this life for him. And we know it's a true source of wisdom. But the devil's going to do whatever he can to get your eyes off of Calvary. Especially for you freshmen. You don't know what you're about to face. Because the devil's going to hit you harder than more than you ever expected. Believe me, I experienced my first year here. And I thought, you know what, maybe it's not all that narrow. Maybe it's not all about Calvary. But you know what, That that was a stupid thought. Because it was the enemy trying to remove me from the place of victory, from all things. Because he knows if he can just get you to compromise just a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's going to take you down a path that you never thought you you would ever go. That's good. Look at Solomon. Again, during the latter part of his life, he turned his back on God and became prideful and arrogant. And it ruined his life. We can see that in many other patriarchs in the Bible. We can even see that in our own life because there was a moment in our own lives where we thought Calvary wasn't enough and it took us down a path that we never thought we could ever go. But then thank God, He is a loving Father. And He is willing to call out. His grace and His mercy knows no bounds. Look at the cross. Look at what Jesus done there. His grace, His mercy has no limits. 
And he's willing to bring us back to that place. And that's why some would say, prize her highly. Prize her highly. And, and she will exalt you. Solomon is saying, praise God for his wisdom. Praise him for what he's done for you in your life. We can look back at our life and praise Jesus for what he did at Calvary. Because the cross was the ultimate victory. Yeah. Oh my God, hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. Yeah. It was the ultimate place of victory. Yes, John, yes. I, I guarantee you there's a time in your life where you're in bondage. And as soon as you understood the message of the cross, there was a victory. Yeah. There was yeah. victory. And Solomon is saying, praise God for his wisdom. But now in the new covenant, yeah. he's saying, praise me for what I did at Calvary. Yeah. Because it is all that you need. Yeah. It's all that you need. Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple that we can just stay there and just have simple faith right. in what he did at the cross. Thank you, My God. Hallelujah. Because the way God works is in truth and in righteousness. Yes. In Proverbs chapter 8, he says, My words are in truth and in righteousness. And what is it? Andrew, it's the cross. Mm. It's Calvary. It's nothing but Calvary. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, my God. My God. That's the good doctrine. The cross is the good doctrine. Solomon would say it in verse 2. I don't think it. Never mind. It's not verse 2. It is verse 2. No, it's chapter 2, verses 1 and 6. It's the good doctrine. It's the right doctrine. Mm. The commentator would say this. This is what our Heavenly Father calls good doctrine, and it tells us it is found in his law, which was Jesus, and it was all about him. That's all this is about, is about Jesus. You can't forget that. It's about what he did at Calvary. Because the moment we forget, again, we're going to find ourselves down a path we never thought we could go. Yeah, right. I'm telling you that the threat is real, especially this semester, especially in 2020. Guys, the time is running down. It's running out. I mean, you can feel it. I don't know if anyone else can, but I can feel it. Time is running short. And no man knows when Christ is coming back. But I feel like it's, it's sooner than expected. And the devil is working hard to remove us from the place of victory. To remove us from Calvary. I mean, look what's going on in our country today. Look at the mess the church is in now. Compared to when it was started and the churches were established by Paul himself. They were on fire. They knew the message. They were determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. But the moment Paul died and the apostles died, they started to slip up a little bit. Little by little. Then the Catholic Church came. Then the Reformation happened. We got back to justification by faith. We knew that salvation wasn't by works. It was only through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Then in the 90s, God gave Brother Swagger the message of the cross. As it regards to sanctification and as we begin to learn more about it, it's everything is involved and wrapped up in this message. And Satan knows when we understand that, that God has a people that he can work through. That he can do what he wants and accomplish his will on this world. And that's why you're seeing now more than ever, 
the devil is trying to say it's not about calories, 12 steps. It's emphasizing more emotion than anything. The church really doesn't want the presence of the Holy Spirit. They don't really want Christ. They just want an emotion. They want to come say, make me feel good so I can go home and just sit in my chair. Man, I'm awesome, man. I'm an awesome person. They don't like to hear the correction that comes with the cross. I saw a post on Facebook by Brother Boss. He was talking about that why flesh hates the cross because it wrecks everything about it. It tears it down completely. And it doesn't like that. And Satan knows that. And if you will embrace Calvary, my God, if you embrace it, that means what Luke 9.23 says. Deny yourself. Take up your cross follow after me. By dying to your flesh, saying it's not about me, but it's about what you've done for me at Calvary. Because everything I am is because of what you've done at the cross. And when you embrace, my God, when you embrace this message, you know what it's going to do? He's going to keep you. He's going to hold you in his hand. He's going to carry you on eagle's wings. And you will not stumble. You will not falter as long as your eyes are on Calvary. He's going to grow you. He's going to let you experience his glory. He's going to produce fruits of righteousness. And we find that in James chapter 3, verse 17. Because good wisdom, true wisdom, comes from above comes from Calvary. It comes from the Father. And your life, will, you will live that more abundant life and really, truly possess all the benefits that he's given you at Calvary. But when we leave this message and fall back on our own flesh, it's going to take us down a path of destruction. We find in Galatians chapter 6, Paul would say, if you sow into the flesh, you will reap nothing but the flesh. You will reap nothing but destruction. Your life will be miserable. Because I don't know about you, before I knew this message, my life was a wreck. I was, I was tired of being bound, bound by sin, feeling depressed, tired of thoughts of suicide. But when God finally turned on the light bulb, Amen. He started the work. And I started living that more abundant life. Because again, it's all about Calvary. Praise God. And Solomon, you know, and this message is what's going to cause us to be glorified. This message is going to carry us all the way home to where we will see Jesus Himself and have that crown and have that robe. But we're gonna we're gonna be with him. We're going to be with the real person, the real thing, guys. Yeah. The, cross is what, the cross is what made that possible. For us to go home and see Christ himself. My God. My God, it's what made the rapture possible. It's what's going to make it possible. It's going to, the cross is what will cause perfection to be a reality. 
We don't know it now. But my God, when the millennial reign happens and going into the perfect age, we're going to know what perfection is. We're going to know what a world without sin is. We're going to know what it means to truly, to truly love and be what God wanted us to be the whole time because of the cross. And when we leave Calvary, that's what we're leaving behind. To nothing but to a hell. Nothing but a hell. Nothing but destruction. Look at America. Look at the world today. That's what happens when you leave this message. Perversion. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's the downward spiral. I mean, Brother Larson taught it well in Romans. It is the downward spiral. And in closing, Solomon, verses 10 through 13, again stresses the fact stresses the fact I have taught you this my whole life I have told you that wisdom comes from power that it comes from God and God is saying today my wisdom, my way comes from the cross it flows from what I've done there and if you would just simply embrace it I will, I will establish you in righteousness. And when he establishes us in righteousness, he will take us down wisdom. That path of wisdom and lead us and guide us our whole life, keeping us, sheltering us. Because what he done is enough. Guys, we gotta hold on. We gotta fight the good fight of faith. Paul would encourage Timothy in that because the time Timothy was living in, he was over the church, over the church's nephesis, and they were compromising. They were leaving this message. And Paul would even say that all have forsaken me but you and a few others. That's 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. And he was encouraging and exhorting Timothy. Don't leave. Don't leave. Keep fighting. Good fight of faith. Because you know why? This message, it's your life. It's who you are. It's what you are. It's because of this message. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. Because the moment you leave it, your life will be destroyed. Don't believe me? Watch what will happen. Show me more account. Come on up.